0: This podcast is brought to you by Alliance Motor Auctions. Has your car shit itself? Then you've got to go with Alliance. It's the easiest way to buy a quality car at a very competitive price. Located in Moorbank, New South Wales. Call 02-9822-7200 or visit www.allianceauctions.com.au. South Coast Window Furnishings. Have your window furnishings shit themselves? Then you've got to get in touch with SCWF. They service the south coast of New South Wales from Wollongong to Bermagui. Give Jamie a call for a free quote on 0408 812 007 or like them on Facebook at South Coast Window Furnishings. Elite Sports Physiotherapy. Has your back or another part of your body shit itself? Then look no further than ESP. Established in 2006, Elite Sports Physiotherapy provides physiotherapy and massage services to the people of melbourne located on the mezzanine level 13-15-1 freshwater place in south bank melbourne give them a call on 03-8640-0328 or visit elitesportsphysio.com.au today also special thanks to verse.com.au for putting the finishing touches on this podcast cheers G'day there. Thanks for wrapping your ears around this podcast. My guest this week is Australian comedian, writer, actor and fantastic dancer Damien Callinan. Damien and I caught up in Perth for a bit of a chinwag about his love of dancing, country towns and performing. And how his upcoming film, The Merger, came to be. This is Taking It Easy with Daniel Connell. Damien Callinan, thanks for taking it easy with me today. No, no worries. Feels easy. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for having me in your accommodation here in Perth. This is yeah. very yeah. nice.
1: It's um, like all people, come to the Perth Fringe. It helps if you've got someone to stay with. Absolutely. Yeah. And mine... Keeps your costs My down. accommodation is actually... Um, Hillary who owns this place, is the rare combination. It's probably good for this podcast. She's uh, <laughs> by day a fertility nurse and by night oh. a choreographer. Really? Yeah. That is a that's a random double. That
0: is a very random double. Yeah. So um,
1: like the room that I'm staying in is kind of full of stethoscopes and Audrey, <laughs> Audrey Hepburn memorabilia. So. Wow. Yeah.
0: Has she done any uh, choreography with uh, like for nursing shows or anything like that?
1: No. I think she keeps her two worlds quite Step separate. Right. Yeah. Probably for the best. Yeah. It's yeah. like, You can't have any kids. But hot shoe shuffle. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, so yeah, we are recording this in Perth because uh, we're both over here for Perth Fringe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're over here doing a show called Swing Man, indeed, uh, about swing dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've told me that uh, you tried to learn swing dancing, which is a very tough thing to learn, form mm-hmm. of dance, uh, in three months.
1: That's that was the uh, that was the agenda I set myself. Yeah, I had always wanted to do it, mm-hmm. but kept not doing it. Basically, right. I was in Paris. There you go. Let's just drop a city, don't I was in Paris because I've got um, disposable income. And um, anyway, I saw swing dancing in this random random club. They just kind of oozed out of the floorboards and just took over. Yeah. And it was so – it was one of those moments when you get caught between like ardent admiration and seething jealousy. <laughs> oh, that's it. i have got to learn how to do it. Right. And then I had a postcard sitting on my fridge for nearly the rest of that year of a swing dance class kept not being able to fit it in because I was like, yep. you, know, you know, we're troubadours, Dan, Busy, Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we can't submit to the, you know, oh, no, I can't play mixed netball every <laughs> Wednesday at 7.55. Um, anyway, I thought if I write
0: a show about, about it, it, if
1: I write a show about it, I'll have to do it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I started lessons like in mid-November and I had the Melbourne Comedy Festival as a deadline.
0: Now, for most people, swing dancing, learning it in that amount of time would be tough, right? Yeah. Uh, but you, I've seen you... Cut a rug at various <laughs> festival <laughs> after parties. Yeah. Uh, you're a very accomplished dancer. So, did you find it wasn't as difficult uh, as other people in the class?
1: At the beginning, it was harder than I thought. Okay. Yeah. Part of the show is about. I actually write about the fact that I was. I've always been able to yeah cut a rug and yeah. Um, but I've never been able to dance with someone. In fact, I'm, when you dance like I do at a festival club, it's actually. People don't want to dance with you. So I do this whole story about that, that I spent all these years, you know, like just yeah. running around the dance floor. And some people some people play, but others are like, seriously,
2: what yeah. are you doing?
1: Um, and I actually just kind of coined the term, I suffer from OTTDS, over-the-top dance syndrome, <laughs> which is quite rare in Australian men. Yeah. But, um,
0: you do. You, you definitely stick out in a crowded dance floor.
1: Yeah. And you know, when you dance that big, you kind of can't, it's hard to contain. I can, I but, can bring it
0: back. But not, in a, not in a bad way at all. No. Like, not like, get this guy out of the way. Like, it's, it's quite entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, you have yeah. facial expressions that go with the moves as well.
1: <laughs> Fortunately, I can't see those.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Where did you learn to dance that well?
1: Look, it goes back to my teenage years. And I've got another show called Cave to the Rave, which I analyse this a bit. That shows more about the sociology of dance floor behaviour. And- right. When I was about 15, 16, I started going to parties and, you know, all my mates were much more successful at meeting girls than I was. Right. But I kind of discovered, was it about year 12, I think it was, that I'd start imitating um, bad 80s film clips. Yeah. Like Duran Duran and Spandau Ballet <laughs> and all that kind of new romantic stuff and the girls used to lose their shit. I was wow. like, hang on. Mind you, I'd get to the end of the two minutes 42 and they go off and snog my mates again. But <laughs> there was one night, and so there was this group of girls in a, who we met from a school called Marta Christie in Belgrave. And I, I grew up there, the northern side of Melbourne. This is the far east. Yeah. You know, might as well have been the Pyrenees. It, was so, it took about three hours to get to these parties. And, you know, by the time we get there, it was like, oh, should we get back on the train? And I used to be the guy who'd go out to the, um, to the parents and kind of ingratiate myself. <laughs> And, you know, help hand out the volumines and that stuff. And then so at the end of the night we go, oh, we've missed our last train. And they go, all right, you boys can just sleep in the rumpus
2: room. (laughs) Yes.
1: But, yeah, so the girls used to just drag me up and go, Damien, do your Duran Duran dance. So we came (laughs) this like week after week party piece that just kept growing and growing (laughs) and growing. (laughs) Ultimately ended up at a Christmas party where I danced and um, the parents called me into their – all well, the parents were getting drunk in another room. I had about 150 people crammed into this this chalet up in Belgrave and I just completely went. <laughs> completely went for it. I was like sliding across their dining table and ended up doing a double knee drop off the table under a yeah. caskin rug and smash my nose across my face. <laughs> so that's kind of where it all started. And I've right. just always Yeah. I've always felt comfortable. I feel less comfortable. Being small on the dance floor, yeah, it's kind of like it's a form of expression.
0: Yeah, I've I struggle on the dance floor. Being yeah. tall, I don't have the confidence to move and just let my body go. So yeah, I do feel like just a tower, just sort of rocking. Before you even, to- even move, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, just that I can see everyone from where I am. My vantage yeah. point. I'd rather be down in amongst the yeah. Yeah, fair enough. we will will have
1: comfort zones. (laughs) Um,
0: Did you ever uh, manage to pick up as a result at the end of that big party when there was 150 people there? Well, funnily enough,
1: it formed the cornerstone of that show. Um, I ended up having to stay the night at at their place, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was at the Campion Twins' house. (laughs) And uh, the Campion Twins were the the jewels in the crown of (laughs) Christy. So uh, I ended up waking up on the couch the next morning with Felicity.
0: Oh, wow! uh,
1: it was pretty. It was innocent. She did have yeah. blood just all over her top, though, like <laughs> from She kept bleeding during the night. <laughs> but I remember the next day, I was actually going to meet. We used to have this family tradition of meeting my family waiting for lunch in town, in the city, yeah. on Christmas Eve. And so I went into the Victoria Hotel and met all my siblings. And, and Mrs. Campion had actually washed my shirt for me. Oh. But it still had this horrific kind of stone <laughs> across the front. And my nose is like my nose is a different shape today because of that incident. It was like properly spread. But I was like, Hey hey, why are you so happy? You've got your nose you've disfigured yourself. You know yeah. I wake up with listening. <laughs> <Camden, laughs> yeah. uh, Take a broken
0: nose any day.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, so you grew up in northern suburbs of Melbourne. I did, yeah. Whereabouts?
1: Uh I lived in Watsonia.
0: Okay. So that would have been a, that would have been like the country back.
1: Yeah, yeah. a little bit. It's yeah. um yeah, what's only? Yeah, yeah, it was the eighteen sixties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I used to walk three kilometres to milk the cow. And, um, it was. It was. What's only is kind of like it's the shittest suburb in the area. Like right. of all that everything around it has got some charm. Or Bundura doesn't really. Yeah. But um you grew up around there." Yeah, I usually say Greensboro because okay, <laughs> it's got trees at least. Yeah. What's only? What's only? just have this massive scar through the middle of it because they yeah. got going to build a. Very well, the bypass. Yeah, but they took about twenty five years to do it. So it was just, <laughs> it was good though. We had places, so we had somewhere to play. We could mow cricket pitches and.
0: Oh, great. You know, yeah, it was fine. Did you play uh, footy when you were a kid? I did, yeah, yeah. And did you? How did you go with the? I remember uh, mates of mine when I, if you played footy at parties, you'd stand beside the dance floor. How did you go? How did your mates react to to me this, dancing? A footy player, mate. Yeah, dancing. Oh, I reckon with the every girls. every
1: team's got a couple. Yeah, that can, can cut it. Yeah, and I reckon these days the numbers have gone the other way. The young blokes are a lot more confident now, right? Yeah, at um, being the centre of attention with dance. But I, I did find there was one occasion at one of those parties where I got called up to do the party dance, and I was like, oh, just I just, I oh, just wasn't feeling it. And, <laughs> and there weren't as many of us. There was only, I think it was like school holidays, and some yeah. blokes had gone skiing or. Whatever. There was only a handful of us, but there was another boys' school there. Um, oh, no. Christian Brothers, yeah. Gully. Mm. Anyway, so I did the dance, and then everyone just kind of like wandered off, and it was a bit, you know, it was a bit, <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, it was like a shit show at Fringe. It was yeah. like, oh. Did like, you say,
0: I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't no, feeling just, yeah. it.
1: And then all my mates left and kind of literally went off with their, with their girls. <laughs> <laughs> so I was left in this rumpus room on my own, and this and Joey's Christian Brothers boys so, just surrounded me. <laughs> I just stood It was like everyone left the room It was like an intervention Yeah And they just went What are you doing mate? What are you doing your poofy dancing for?
0: Oh.
2: And just
1: started like You know Just taking in turns to, Yeah But uh, I just danced my way through <laughs> Danced my way through a gap they, they, didn't, they didn't see it coming <laughs> I was so I threw a couple of beanbags down the stairs after yeah. them, like, Just <laughs> Knocked him right down.
0: Floor, knocked him yeah. down. I was going. I was out in the night. I, mean, I was on
1: the eleven fifty three from Bayswater.
0: Night. <laughs> we did the your confidence with the dancing and everything. Did you Did you study uh, after school? Did you study uh, uh, drama?
1: Uh, no, I went that? to Australian Catholic University and trying to be a teacher. Oh, really? So I was. I was actually a teacher for twelve years before I started doing comedy full time.
0: Is that right? Yeah. Uh, how did you find? The teaching caper? Did you? Was that something I actually that you, liked you you'd planned to get into that?
1: No, not no? really. It was a little. I actually did want to do drama, um, but I went to all Boys Christian Brothers School, and there was no we had no arts, like ah, okay. nothing. Yeah, and we tried to get drama up as a subject, and just couldn't get any traction. So right. I even actually had a count, you know, careers counsellor going, I no, don't do drama, <laughs> like. Do teaching. And, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I came from a family of teachers, so it was just like the easy. Yeah. And they were kind of trying to sell, like, oh, you'll be able to do a bit of drama in that, but you'll have a career.
0: Yeah. Did you teach drama?
1: Uh, I did. I did ultimately, yeah. Initially, I was a primary classroom teacher, and yeah. then the, the urge to perform and do drama was still there, mm. and it slowly started to evolve, and then I went back and did a graduate diploma in performing arts. Okay. became a drama teacher, and that's what got me performing. I just yeah. started. I'd already just started doing improv. At that point, and then started doing theatre. I did, like, I literally ticked every box until I got to stand up. Like, I even did, like, mask theatre. I, I was in a troupe who uh, it's a form a theatre called, called Forum Theatre or Theatre of the Oppressed. It's an interactive theatre form where you basically create a piece of theatre based on an issue that the audience are akin to. Ah, okay. And yeah. then you play it to them, and then, they, then you replay it, and they get the opportunity to step in and take on the role of the antagonist and try and... Change the course of okay, yeah. the drama.
0: Is that still popular now?
1: Uh, yeah, look, it's worldwide. It was actually created by a, um, a Argentinian guy called Augusto Boal. Okay, um, and I've done a did a like really wanky workshop with him in 1995 yeah. in Brisbane with you know three. It was like it was like a cult. It was like 300 <laughs> devotees of Boal. Just yeah, um, flew
2: up there
0: specifically for it. You-
1: uh, it was part of a drama and education con- congress. Yes, yeah, so I did everything until and I just kind of stumbled into stand up. Yeah.
0: I imagine you would have been a good teacher. Did the kids would have got like did you incorporate your dance into Oh,
1: dance a little bit, yeah. a little movement. <laughs> yeah. The last school I taught at was in the northern suburbs of Melbourne in Broadmeadows and Glenroy, so yet right. had, had to be fairly uh, live.
0: <laughs> 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 what they call you? What the kids call you,
1: Mr? Uh, I was I was one of those teachers who managed to nearly always be able to get away with getting them first name basis. Oh, great. Nearly every school I worked at had that as a policy, and then the last school I worked at, which was a kind of a merger of three um, schools, all with really different cultures, and one of those schools had a first name basis yeah. culture, and I kind of related to those guys the best. And then I ended up in a pilot program where we were fusing all the subjects, and I went, "Dame, you can call me Damo. <laughs> and my, my boss was like, "Yep," and our, other teachers hated it, but <laughs> anyone in that pilot program was allowed to use their first yeah. name. I was like, "Yeah." <laughs>
0: It's really popular now, isn't it? Using the food. Really it is, time. yeah.
1: It's funny, though, they couldn't, the kids couldn't get out of the system. They'd still call you, sir. Yeah. And whatever. And, and even now, you know, I've got quite a few of them are Facebook friends from that last school. And, you know, some of them will even write a message to me and go, sir, what's going on? <laughs> I saw your telly the other night.
0: <laughs> uh, speaking of telly, you, uh, so how, how long after you started uh, just doing your improv and uh, did, you, did you get on was Skid House?
1: Skid House uh, came uh we did a pilot in two thousand and two, so it was relatively early, yeah in my full
0: time career that's pretty cool, like that must have been a yeah, it was great, yeah, yeah, done the right thing were you still sort of part time teaching then or did you just
1: no i it- i when i took leave, i took leave in nineteen ninety nine and then I never went back i did did emergency testing for about eighteen months, i reckon, yeah, so yeah, I was starting to make a full time living out of it that right. certainly helped
0: yeah yeah i well i that's how I first came across you when I was Still living in my hometown, <laughs> the uh, Skid house character you played, the "I'll snap you, I'll snap gentleman. Uh, yeah, yeah. I honestly, I went to a wedding in November last year. What's that? Four months ago, and mates still say, "I'll snap you, <laughs> I'll snap you," <laughs> or "or well, so man, I that was, a, him.
1: that was a weird one. Like, TV's is kind of weird because you don't know what's going to get traction and what's going to get catch a hold. Yeah, and I guess a catchphrase is going to help, but. Started doing that, and he, it's one of the few times in my life that I've created a character based on a real person. And I was living in Glenroy at the time. And, you yeah, one side, you, it's the, it's the rule that role of uh, life living yeah. in Glenroy. Like, you might have, you know, the best Italian neighbor who brings in sauces for you on one side, <laughs> uh, and a guy's just straight, out, <laughs> straight, straight down the river yeah. with uh, prison tats on the other side. <laughs> um, and that's what happened. We had this guy in the backyard who was dodgy as dodgy as all get out. <laughs> And he, he his flat kind of faced into our backyard, and he would generally do one of three things. He would either be on the phone, uh, bragging about a fight he'd been in that was just the punctuation was just fuck, <laughs> just constantly to the point you barely <laughs> understand. And then then he would be verbally abusive to his girlfriend, <laughs> or he'd be singing Celine Dion songs. And he had a not bad voice. Kind of bizarre, you'd just be like you have it ramped up and you'd just be <laughs> hilarious. Anyway, anyway, so I created it based on him, really. Yeah. And
0: I wonder um, what he's up to now. I don't know. Celine's coming out this year, be oh, I <laughs> Hopefully it <he> gets parole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, working on a sketch show, is that as fun as it looks? Um That that one was, yeah. yeah.
1: I worked on a couple. Um and that one was certainly the most fun. It's um it was a rare example of because uh, Rove was involved in the recruiting and he knew everyone, yeah. like he was connected to the scene. So yeah, right. even though most of us weren't working together directly, pool of talent that he brought together coalesced really quickly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was fun from day one.
0: And do you, did you write your own? You, you had yeah. Well, to we write all
1: we all wrote and performed. There was a team of writers around us as well. People yeah. like um, Paul Collegia and Adam Rosenbark's yeah. and. Uh, Michael Ward. So, once we got into a run of the C, see- the recording, um, we would do less writing. But in the lead up to it, like the six or seven weeks before a season, we yeah. would be just flat out writing every day. Great. It was a fa- it was a fascinating process. So we would have the process to get your sketches up. Yeah. Was um, you just sit in a circle and rove, and a kind couple of the other producers had come in and the head writers, and you just kind of cast people before you. go, Oh, Dan, can you read um, Mr. Shitskin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give them a bit of a background. and Yeah. Oh, uh, Fiona, can you can you be the, the woman with the bucket for a head? <laughs> <laughs> and then you just read it and then you could tell by how well it went in the yeah. read, but sometimes you couldn't. It was also like, you know, network sensibilities. and oh, of course. And then poor old Collegia or Wardy who were the head writers would have to come and you know, tap you on the shoulder <laughs> and go, yeah, you didn't get anything up this week. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, I've got these two up. And I, we like this one, but maybe go away and – Make a different ending, or yeah, or they'd go they love this. can you write a series right, so it was uh, and, yeah. and that's
0: what you had for the I'll snap you guys you, you yeah, got so re-
1: something something gets traction usually yeah. after it's been on and it gets they get a good response to it
0: how did you How did you know back then before social media that he was getting well received? Ah, uh,
1: you- they do test screenings ah, too, okay. and um yeah, yeah, it wasn't quite as yeah,
0: did you have people coming up to you? saying, I'll snap
1: you. <laughs> yeah. Course, right. Yeah, and some people used to get it wrong, so they thought it was, <laughs> I'll stab you. <laughs> which is a, lot, it's a very different, yeah. I'll stab
2: you.
0: It's not really, got that wrong. <laughs> uh, after Skid House. That and Batman was the other one that people. Oh, yes. Batman series, people yeah. used to. Yeah. Which you would think,
1: how have they recognised me? How many came cow?
0: Um, uh, after Skid House wraps up, uh, you did like little spots on TV here and there, but you started to. Was that when you started to perform more stand-up? Uh, um, post that?
1: Not well. Yes and no. Um, I was pretty. I was already pretty prolific doing stand-up and shows up till the TV stuff happened, yeah. which is how it happened. It's yeah. how I got asked to do it. What did happen though? You know, in our game, you can have you can have a really productive period, and I was at that point I was on like three TV shows, yeah, and. Was you know it was to the point where I was going oh, I oh, having to choose between yeah stuff right and that that little period was like you know you thought oh this is what's going to be like forever
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah um and then all of a sudden you know I did two pilots and neither of the pilots got up and then I was like oh, shit what do you do now <laughs> <laughs> and then and there I went I've got to just make sure that the live thing keeps going Like yeah. it's yeah. It's, the, it's the tough thing they look like, you. have you see people are doing lots of media, and you look at the likes of Tom Gleason, and that, but they still just, are still yeah. doing live stuff all the time. Yeah. So I just made sure that I had things going. And so my shows started evolving, and I pretty much was writing a new show every year. And my yeah. shows, are, my stand up and my shows are a bit different. Yeah. Yeah. They're it's more character, character based yeah. or, or theme based and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was, um, and it's been proved to be the right choice because. Um I still get the odd TV and yeah.
0: gig
1: but yeah I've been able to you know It it also means I'm doing what I love all the time.
2: Yeah.
0: Have you have you have you been a, an independent act uh did you have management or did you still have management? Yeah, yeah, I have now? management. I have
2: yeah.
1: management and producers. Um, yeah. not not massively high profile management.
0: Yeah, have you had them the whole time?
1: No, no, I kept, I've kind of kept changing. Yeah, right. Depends. Sometimes the Business gone out of business yeah. or – Yeah. Yeah. I've had, I've, had I've had a lot. I've had a lot of managers. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty happy with uh, where I am at the moment. Yeah,
0: so yeah. It. That's the main thing. Uh, in 2010, you wrote uh, a one-man show and performed it. Um, it was probably, would you say, it your best received show, the, the merger? Yeah,
1: certainly. Certainly it's had the greatest reach and longevity. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah I saw it that year, 2010. I think oh, it was right. the first time – I'd been to a comedy festival, I think, from memory. And uh, it was, yeah, it was that would fantastic. Have been when you
1: were the guy with Capital Punishment? Yes, yeah,
0: yeah, it was in that Canberra <laughs> show. And we all came. And um, I remember afterwards, we were just talking about how challenging it must be to play various characters, especially with different accents or yeah. voices. Um, how many characters did you play in that?
1: The mergers got about seven, I think. Right, yeah. Um, the most I've had in a show is 13. <laughs> A couple of those might have just been a couple of lines, but right.
0: Do you like that challenge of the yeah, yeah, yeah? It, how, uh, like, cause I'm yeah, I'm not an actor, I've not uh studied, I just find that uh, even for me on stage doing stand up, if I have a, two different voices in a bit, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like <laughs> stopping and pretty stopping. happy, yeah. pretty happy with yourself, yeah, yeah. Nailed that. yeah, and it's only just a slight variation yeah. in my tone that I'm doing as yeah. well. I'm not. Like, yeah, I remember that you had a child. The child you played in, yeah. the, like, you, you. Well, I'm watching that. It's still you. Yeah. Uh You're going off and coming back on. You think you're watching it, thinking that is a kid. I'm yeah. watching on stage. So is that just you? Just picked all that up in? in
1: Look, the- to be honest, it probably started. I didn't know I could do it until I started doing improv, which was the first thing that I ever did, performance wise. Right. I started going to some teacher improvisation workshops with some other teacher mates. And yeah. They were kind of – I came back from overseas and they're like, oh, we're doing these improv workshops, you love them? And so I joined and they all fell away and I kept going and I kind of discovered straight away that off the cuff I could just commit to and do a character. I find that um, I can very easily just inhabit – a whole other persona, like instantly, <laughs> yeah. that's got its own voice and its own characteristics, and you don't even think about them. You know, there might be a part of your brain that just goes, "Oh, I'll make the voice high pitch." Or, yeah, and it usually just starts with one thing, and then all of a sudden you realise there's all these physical affectations that go with it. And yeah, fascinating. One time I was being directed by Michael Ward, who's a writer.
2: Yeah,
1: and um, he didn't get this character I was doing. He just, I just feels forced or something, and yeah. hadn't even performed it. He was just reading it off the page. And I knew Duke Down I had a kind of like a template for what he'd be like. Mm. So he started to try and direct me. He goes, oh, um, it's, a, it's a kid reading a story, so maybe hold your hands together, like clasp them like it's you yeah. know, goodbye Mr. Chips or some yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. And he just, didn't get, he just didn't get the process of how you create <laughs> characters. You can't, you can't direct that. That just manifests itself. Right. So, yeah, I discovered that early on. So when I wrote my first one-man show, I thought, well, I'll try and find a vehicle to – put as many different types of characters in it. So I had like a crotchety old Irish priest and a, um, <laughs> the head of the – Maureen, the head of the Mother's Auxiliary, <laughs> the pursed lips and uh, and that's where Troy Carrington, who's in the merger, came from. Yeah. He was in my first show. The idea was what if there was a ah. footballer who, uh, who talked about footy trips to yeah. quite cultural places, <laughs> you know, going on the – yeah, we'd done the Mozart Trail from Prague to Vienna <laughs> – <laughs> got up to spare did an intensive Czech language course and, and that's just how it started. And, he, and, and Troy's been, I even did it then, I was just like rubbing my nose and stuff because yep. that stuff just comes naturally. Right. It came more naturally to me than being myself on stage. Yeah. It took me three or four years to get my voice. Yeah, right. But the characters, yeah, you still have to concentrate to differentiate them but I find mm. I find that more natural than anything.
0: That's quite interesting that you would, that just sort of something like that to come naturally, Did. you – when you were a kid, did you do voices and yeah, try and make I people did. laugh?
1: I was, I was pretty lucky. My dad was a school principal, but he was also an amateur actor. Okay. He, when he was young, he kind of could have made the choice. He was doing Melbourne Uni reviews yeah. and he had a comedy duo partner. Wow. And, um, so dad used to read to me. Yeah. And um, so he would read Irish poetry, like Yates and Robbie Burns Scottish poetry, and he'd read Hound of the Baskervilles and stuff like that. Wow. And he used to do the voices, and I used to think it was the most natural thing in the world. Ah, uh, yeah, right. And because I really got into it, he used to. I was, I was the youngest by a fair way, and I think it was yeah. you know, dad was out all the time because he was a school principal. But reading was the one thing that he'd. Yeah, you know, I'd wait up for him until he came. Yeah. In. So yeah, I think. Um, and I remember then, you know, being around the dinner table and doing the accent, yeah. you know, particularly the Scottish accent, like yeah. Dad and I would do. Um, we'd recite a Robbie Burns poem across the table. and
2: That's and awesome. it just Yeah,
1: so by, I remember by the time I was in year 11, we'd be reading plays and stuff, and the English teacher, Johnny Ramsdale, would always go, Damien, you can read, you can do Macbeth, <laughs> Macduff, and Donald Bain. <laughs> wow. Brandon, you're a lady Macbeth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yeah, the, the merge of the show is about Troy, who you mentioned, Troy mm-hmm. Carrington, a former professional footballer. Yeah, yeah, in who,
1: the... In the film he's um he's played he's from this town that he's come back to. Yep. Played footy until his career was kind of abruptly ended with his leg got broken in nine places <laughs> and he got caught in the banner running through <laughs> running through it on the grand final day. Um and he's been a bit of a journeyman. So he comes back to the town but he's he's always been a little bit of an outsider. He's he moved there when he was about ten when his mum passed away and right. ended up living with his dad. Yeah. And um his dad boy to the timber mill, but his mum was an environmentalist, so <laughs> so Troy's always been, yeah, he's been a bit of a you know, it's not doesn't quite fit in apart from being good at footy,
0: yeah. And it's set in a fictional town, called yeah, Bodgy Creek,
1: yeah, Bodgy Creek in the Caxton Valley League,
0: yeah, Roosters, the Roosters. Um, it's like watching the show, I, I, I would have thought, and watching your stand up and other things you do that you grew up in the country yeah where how did you know so much about the, the <laughs> country australia and that, the mannerisms and how, did you spend a lot of time there or is it something you're really fascinated by
1: i didn't grow up in the country my my family lived in the country for 15 years before i was born right. so dad was a teacher and moved around and they kind of moved back to melbourne about 2 years before i was born so we used to always go back and stay yeah. with those people and
0: well and they would have had country mannerisms living yeah, there yeah a little so bit long. yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Um they really enjoyed they really enjoyed their time there. So that probably stayed with me and we went we used to go on lots of holidays when I was a kid and often they were going back to stay with, you know, country friends and Yeah. So I don't know, I think as soon as I started touring, like on the Comedy Festival Roadshow and things like that, I just I'm a bit of a sponge for the town and yeah. the characters and as we all are as comedians, you have you have different things that you look for, but mine's often the people. Yeah. So yeah, they um, most a lot of people do assume. Given that most of my shows often have a rural theme, that yeah. that's where I'm from. But I just have a great affection for it.
0: Yeah, the, you also did a, a tour to small towns, didn't you? Um, where you'd go and spend like a couple of days there, forty yeah. eight hours, and then do a show. That's right.
1: Yeah, I've done two versions of that. The first one was called Road Trip with Mickey D. Yeah, and we'd spend forty eight hours in whatever town and um, with a filmmaker, and then. Play the town back to themselves.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like you interview people on the street and.
1: Yeah, yeah, and would yeah. make f- clips and it was based on surveys that were sent out to the town. Yeah. Um, and then last year I did a um a solo version called Town Folk and I spent a little bit longer in the town, still with the filmmaker. Yeah. And the idea was to make the town, the people in the town, part of the show. Right. Yeah, so you, but it's amazing. And when you're there for a week, like by the time I finished, I did Queen Bean, was my last one.
2: Yeah.
1: And, um, by the, by the end of it, like, because we had a, really, had a really good run-up for it. Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't believe how much I knew about the town, <laughs> and they couldn't either. It was like – and you, people would yell stuff out, and I would just know it, like yeah. I lived there.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: no, mate, nights Tuesday. Yeah. What are you talking about?
0: You'd meet some amazing characters yeah. in that as well.
1: It and that's was, how it started that – well, from road trip, every show we would just meet someone and just go, oh, my God, let's, yeah. make, let's make the show about them. Yeah. And that was the aim with this. Yeah. Um, and often the town, it was interesting with town folk because I'd say, oh, we sent out a survey and say, oh, tell us about, you know, some of the people that we should meet. And usually, often the ones that they wanted you to meet, you'd meet them and they're like, yeah. oh, I don't know. Or they were just pushed a bit hard. Yeah. And there was yeah. always someone else around the corner that was more interesting yeah. that wasn't, you know, didn't have their hand up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I. It, do you find you – I know I grew up in a small – like a town of 10,000. Um, when I lived there, it's grown since, but I love – I much prefer the country to the city. I love history of little towns yeah. and bakeries and a pub feed, you know. I, is that something that you, you love about it as well? Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. It's also – and that's kind of why town folk works, and it works better in those sort of sized towns yeah. where everyone everyone knows what you're talking about as soon as you go – was the um was the tank in the park pointed at the chemist <laughs> and they go oh it is too but you can say it and everyone knows yeah yeah um yeah so i i love that i love it mm. being able to have that kind of joint conversation
0: yeah it's good doing gigs there when you can have a bit of a walk around in yeah. the afternoon i i know i've done tours of small towns with bob franklin com- a comedian yeah. and he uh um, he loves to have a walk around the town before the show, and he 'll just mention a few shops just a and couple, yeah yeah yeah, things that have closed down, and that it 's a shame that that 's closed down and <laughs> things like that
1: yeah you have yeah, you have little tricks um, uh, i always I use the local paper as well if i haven 't got time to walk around, just find a couple of couple of things in there, and yeah. you, know. You're, you I do the same joke yeah. I go um, i had a spare one minute thirty seven seconds so <laughs> read the Tenderfield Sentinel <laughs> before the show <laughs> twice. <laughs> and they think, you know, they think you're a genius yeah. when you've said two things about the town. So, yeah. so multiply that by the whole show's show, about yeah. the town. And they, yeah. But, I, yeah, I really I really
0: like it. Yeah. And do you have um, uh, ideas of making anything else with small towns? Do you have other ideas in place? Or do you we've get back there kind and of do played around tools? with
1: the idea of making a TV version of Town Folk, but um, – at the moment, it's very much geared towards the live performance. So yeah. it's in how do you make that translate to TV? Yeah. Because people don't know the town as well. So, Yeah. Um, but, yeah, John, the filmmaker, we work with, and I have got, yeah, we've got a few ideas. Things in mind. Few ideas, yeah.
0: But. Do you find uh, – I find that op shops in towns like that are the only good op shops left in Australia. Oh, They're, yeah. They are untapped.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I collect, City I op shops I vintage are, clothes too, so it's oh, okay, uh, yeah. vintage ties and stuff. And there's some days you just – there's an area in northern, kind of northern New South Wales that, I don't know, uh, <laughs> it's like it's still 1977 yeah. for what's, still, what's on the rack. Yeah, and, and prices are fantastic price as well. is Not incredible. city
0: yeah. hop shop prices at all. You don't know what they've got, mate. Yeah. I, uh, I went to Minnaby once, which is uh, like New South Wales, yeah. near the, the snowfields in New South Wales, and I found a Australian and English Great Britain rugby league jumpers from, <laughs> from the 70s, like just no way. $5 each. Yeah. I, was, I couldn't, couldn't believe it. Like, no, somebody just chucked it out. Yeah.
1: Wow. i like The actual representative ones. Too. Uh, well, the,
0: they weren't players' ones, but they yeah. were the, from, the time, from the time. The player merchandise, player. yeah. yeah. Um, greatest score of all time, $10. Yeah. Sell those. I
1: love the old um, get, buy, get, getting the suit and then just checking the pockets to see. <laughs> I found one um just didn't fit me, but it fit my, fitted my wife. It's like a Canberra Canberra District. No, no, it's Terang and Districts, um, Victorian Bowling Association. <laughs> that's with the, great. the The emblem on the pocket. And, yeah. You know, pulled out the tickets in the top, you know, 1968 <laughs> presentation. <mate>. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, that's the last time it was
0: worn. Oh, that is fantastic. So good.
1: You're listening to Taking It Easy with Daniel Connell.
0: when you wrote The Merger uh, as the one-man show, did you have any thoughts that this could be a screenplay one day?
1: No. No. It, um, it was a kind of slightly different process with that show too because I actually got commissioned by Regional Arts Victoria and Vic to write a show about racism. Ah, oh, okay. Um, they had seen previous work and I'd been touring regionally. So the guy who was working there at the time, great guy called Roderick Poole, He'd seen Sportsman's Night, which was like the prequel to yep. The Merger, but many years before. Mm-hmm. And he kind of just went, he kind of did a nod and a wink, like you've already got the characters, I yeah. reckon, if you play around with it. And I literally came up with the idea within a day, just went, oh, what if it's the same? The original show, Sportsman's Night, was about the same Bodgy Creek footy club, but they'd been banned for three years for a massive uh, yeah. fight in the kids' playground. <laughs> and... um I just been. I'll just project forward and what's yeah. happened to the club now and they're dwindling. And but as soon as I did it, there's a, there's a structure in the show. There's a little boy character who's got a camera. Um, and he's making documentary about the team. Yeah. So it had a very filmic structure anyway. Like yeah. He was doing pieces to camera and then it cut to scenes. So, yeah. So yeah, almost immediate. People said should be a film. Mm. Like more than any other show I'd ever done. Wow. So almost immediately I went okay. I'll, I'll think about that. Took two or three years. The people saying that and went. All oh, right, I should, should yeah. give it a crack.
0: Uh, so fast forward to now 20, 2018 now, but fast forward to twenty seventeen last year when Screen Australia and Create New South Wales announced production of the merger. Um, did you have a little dance yeah. in your kitchen when you found yeah, out? Yeah, I did. I, the there means- were
1: two dances for. They gave us like an amber light just before Christmas. Yeah, and then I had to work. With a script editor, so I was like, "Yes, yes," and I had complete confidence. You know, I thought, "Okay, well, that, that, that's pretty good." Yeah. But one of the producers was a bit like she was like, "Oh, that means they're not going to give." She was like, "Really?" She was complete opposite <laughs> to me. Yeah. So the big dance happened. Yeah, when we got the full green light, which yeah. was in about April, I think. Yeah, it's pretty. It was pretty. Yeah, it was pretty moving mm. when you spend so long on a project and. You know, it's like there are things that you do spend years on and they might still not happen. Yeah. I've had had other projects that I've invested large chunks of Mm. time in and, you know, you just kind of know when they're dead.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you feel like though that you were due for something to – you put all that hard work in for. Uh, a long try not, of time I try. To like it, yeah. I try not to think like
1: that. I try not to think like, see what oh, happens. <laughs> man in comedy, or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah. kind of shit. It's like, yeah, yeah. No, it's just good that this one happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah take what, take whatever. Yeah, but yeah, um, it was
1: pretty. It was pretty exciting.
0: Was it easy to put uh, to, to put it onto to a script to write the script? Uh, no, because how long was the one man show? It was about about an hour. An hour. So. Actually,
1: by the time I finished doing it, it's it's more like seventy five now.
0: Yeah. So, and the film, how long will that be?
1: Um, it's currently around about ninety nine minutes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, look, the the hard bit's actually condensed. You know, so it's about twenty two minutes. My first draft, when I had, I'd had no help or anything, was one hundred and fifty nine yeah. pages, <laughs> and it's like, so it's about a minute a page. page yeah. So, yeah. you know, it was, we we're nudging, we were nudging
0: three hours, two parter maybe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> look, I learned. I I can't tell you how little I knew about writing a film. Yeah. Until <laughs> I did it, I just. Very lucky that Create New South Wales gave me, you know, a mentor to work with early on, and he just kept breaking it down. Like you just you just want to run ahead. And just yeah. Go, oh, I want. I just want to do this. No, no, no. Come back here. Yeah. Come right. back here. Here's the starting blocks. These these are the steps. Um. And you realise how important they are now. Yeah. can if you just if you just decide to write a film and don't even think about the structure, what you'll end up with is 159 <laughs> pages. And uh, you know. No no structure. Yeah. Like if if you can write, you know, you kind of you do what you call my one of my editors calls it clearing your throat. Yeah. You just start writing and you're ten pages in before you've got to the point of the work out what the point of the scene is. Mm. And it's full of jokes and zinging and stuff, but it's not it's taking away from the story. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's the hardest part, is just being quite linear. Yeah. That's why it takes so many drafts to kind of you get it spot massage on. it.
0: Yeah. Are You reunited with director uh, Mark Grentel, yeah. Grantell, and um, producer Anne Robbins, uh, Robinson for Anne this Robinson, one, and yeah. you'd work with them on Backyard Ashes. So was it nice to, you know, that you knowing that your baby was going to be in the hands yeah. of people you knew? Well, we,
1: the, the process was Mark and I, Mark co-wrote and directed Backyard Ashes, and we became friends from yeah. that. I, I did, we didn't know each other beforehand. Um, and I was telling him at the time while we were shooting that, yeah, I had this, you know, I was developing. I was in early stages and yeah. he was going to give me advice. And then he came and saw the merger at the Brisbane Comedy Festival and went, we should work together. Great. And um, it was kind of good timing. Yeah. And I needed his ins in the, in the film scene and then Anne came on board after that so the three of us sort of started – the process of applying for funding. So I really needed them for that. Like I just didn't know anything about that right. world. Yeah. I know, I know how to get arts funding and live stuff, but film was like, oh, you, you tell me.
0: Yeah. And when when did the town of Wagga in the Riverina of New South Wales come in as the?
1: Oh, look, there were all, the, it was always going to be Wagga. Mark's a Wagga boy. Oh, right. Easy. And he oh he grew up in, in Quinny. Yeah. And um, he moved to Wagga when he was about 12. But he, he shot backyard ashes there. And the city of Wagga yeah. were really good to them. They yeah. put a lot of investment stuff into it. So kind of a combination of returning the favour, but we also – I'd already started doing location recce years ago to yeah. outline towns and had places earmarked.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it was – yeah, it was logical. And was Wagga one of those?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, Wagga – yeah, we yeah. had a couple of places cold call. Oh, really? Um, Col- the mayor of Colac rang me just out of the blue, <laughs> just went – she didn't know. She knew nothing about the project. She just said, <laughs> "I just got told I should call you about a film or something." Like it was, she said, like a work experience kid. I said, "Who's this? Oh, I'm the mayor of Colac. <laughs> oh, are you? <laughs> right. Might want to work on your phone technique." Eh? Yeah. Um, what's what? Then she's going. What's it
0: about? Going, <laughs> it's a porno, actually. Yeah, you wicked. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and Broken Hill approached Mark too, but they, they do a lot of film out there. So we we mainly shot in outlying towns. Um, Township of Ganmain is the main yeah. street of Bodgy Creek, and right. Yerong Creeks, where the footy ground is. Yeah,
0: they would have been wrapped with that, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah.
1: some were. Ganmain was funny because we had to close the street a couple of times,
2: and, <laughs> um, which only happens like,
1: happens like twice a year, a
2: couple like of old. A Christmas
1: festival, <laughs> and uh, I think for the Bougainvillea festival. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, it. It's not really yeah. kind of – there's a highway through it to Narandra, but you don't have to get down the Main Street to do that. Mm. But the day, the first day we were filming, um, everyone was, you know, people you know, coming and checking things out and um, this bloke just came to speed and he just sped, sped through the block, <laughs> the block the block off. And we had a temp- temporary stump in the middle of Main Street, which is a recurring <laughs> joke. It's like you can wheel it off, but it was in the yeah. middle of the road and he's, he just drove down and –
0: Rad asked around,
1: around. Yeah.
2: See that fucking thing on the road <laughs>
1: <laughs> And then you can't kind of try to come through And he was just deliberately being provocative Yeah yeah And uh, then eventually One stage a mower started up and the sound of Oh it's a mower and Then they had to kind of track down where it was And <laughs> the poor third AD Is just kind of wandering down the laneway And then she, she gets to this backyard And it's him <laughs>
2: He's oh.
1: mowing his lawn oh. And she went Look I'm I'm pretty sure I know what the response is going to be, but it'd be really mm. good for us if you turn your mower off yeah. just, just while we shoot this in the ass. <laughs> nah, you can just oh, keep mowing.
0: I think someone secretly wanted to be in I think the so. film by the sound of things. It,
2: it well, to be honest,
0: it,
1: would, it doesn't make sense for a scene in a country town to be shot without the sound of a mower in the <laughs> yeah. background. Like it's, yeah. it's
0: authentic. Absolutely. Could have got him just a, just a shot of him mowing the footy oval or something yeah. for 10 seconds or something. endlessly. Um, you had a lot of uh, fantastic Aussie actors and comedians, yep. uh, friends of ours. In the did you have you had uh, locations in mind for the set? Did you have actors in mind for particular roles when you first started Only a writing? a Couple, yeah.
1: Um, what tends to happen when the writing process is slowly people start as the character solidifies? Occasionally, an actor or a comedian will just pop in, and yeah. then you just start. Riding towards almost that, towards yeah. that, Nick yeah. Cody was one of those. Yeah. So Nick Cody plays the captain, yeah, in the team, and um, and he's interesting because he's he's done a bit of acting, like on Please like me and yeah. stuff. But I was selling him early on, and then the day he did his audition, he just completely nailed it, and I was like, I oh, think yeah. fuck for that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have had a couple of situations like that yeah. where I've auditioned people and thought, oh, yeah, they'll be, a, they'll be able to nail this. Yeah.
0: Ah, that's not
1: Having said that, his wife is an actor and she chewed mm. him.
0: Ah, right. That's Andy. He <laughs> was really good because he's yeah.
1: got natural, as you know, he's got great natural comic timing. Yeah, yeah. So and he, um, he
0: looks like someone who would be the captain of a of a exactly Absolutely, mm. yeah.
1: Um, he was the main one. There was a couple. of. Oh, Goxie was another one. Of course. Goxie, yeah. Goxie yeah. plays Porterhouse. <laughs> the, the pub chef. <laughs> he can't spell.
0: Is that, is that I out? remember
1: when I rang him. He was the, he was one of the few people that I rang straight off the bat and didn't even say you're auditioning. I just said we've got this role and I explained the character. Oh, he's a he's a pub chef. Can't spell. <laughs> Wears Crocs all the time and um, bit shit at footy. He goes, so basically me. <laughs> I mean, yeah,
0: pretty much you. Just calm down, calm down, come down, mate. What do you want me to wear? Just what just, you got, what got on, on, mate. You got, <laughs> what you got on? <laughs> uh it's great yeah goxie's got a very big following so that'll be yeah, very, the yeah. Other bonus yeah. yeah absolutely is it is it more uh is it more stressful on a film set uh because you're obviously you're acting as troy as well um when it's when you it's something you've written is it more stressful like you've got to worry about your part you've also got to you really want everything to be yeah exactly how you want it oh, to be that's, is that's it that's a good question
1: um I, just, I tried really hard to not make it like that, and to be honest, I just really
0: enjoyed it. Yeah, was that was, what? Is that something you told yourself before you went on that I just just enjoy. Just it? Have yeah, fun? look,
1: I, what I tried to do was because I was wearing so many hats, is when I was on set to just be the be the actor, yeah, and only put on the other hats if kind of asked. And Mark would sometimes come up and go, "I just need you to look at this. Can you, you know." Rather than go into him and go, oh, what's going on here? Well, you know, being yeah. interfering. There's a couple of times I had to do that. Like when I saw <laughs> this extra who didn't know how to goal umpire. It was waving the float flags like he was poking on through a glory hole. It was, it was ridiculous. And as I ran to him, he just nodded, and oh, I You've got it yet? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that that was that was my technique was, and I didn't. I was deliberately not going every night to look at the rushes. So every day mm. they film. The next day you look at what was shot the day before just yeah. to, and all the heads of the department go to that and I just deliberately just went, no, I'm, I'm an actor. Yeah. And also because I have to – I didn't want to be the, the writer amongst the other actors. Yeah. And some, some of them would come to me and ask me stuff yeah. every now and again but I just – yeah. And I, I managed to kind of slide into that quite easily. There were genuinely times where the script was surprising me like I was an outsider, like I, I was an outsider. You oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good line. <laughs> Or they'd be like, "Oh, you're saying it like that? Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's not how I
2: wrote it, but whatever." Right? So,
1: yeah, it was. I'm glad I made that choice, but yeah. I'm a pretty relaxed person. I'm not. I'm not hyper tense. Right. So I don't know whether all writers have people are going going. It's quite bizarre having the writer on set yeah. all the time. It's great. Like it's a great resource, but mm. um, but yeah, I just try to fuse into the
0: yeah. And you have uh, the story. Also, features of the merger is uh, Troy's uh, recruits refugees yeah. that have just settled in the town. So, where are the refugees from?
1: Um, there's a range of nationalities yeah. uh, in the script. So the the main four, the main refugee character, Said, is from Syria. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's one. There's a Hmong, um, Burundian, yeah. and um, uh, Tamil Sri yeah. Tamil. So. Uh, but we had a lot of local refugees as featured extras as well. Yeah, great. Which, and that was kind of like the story of the whole film for me was these – Francis, who played the Brunian character, who's a local lives in Wagga, studying acting at the university. Oh, great. But he's he came as a refugee from Sierra Leone when he was 10. Wow. And he's like 21, 22 now. How
0: great is that, having yeah. a film come to your town
1: Absolutely. as well. So some of the other featured extras were young um, Iraqi refugees. Yeah. One of them became almost the story of the film and he was – he was there every day. He kind of ended up socialising with everyone. Yeah. And now he's, he came and stayed with me in Melbourne last week. and Great. We set up a photo shoot for him to become a model. Oh, fantastic. He speaks four languages. He's just <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> incredible. Yeah. So that was, yeah, it was really nice. It, interestingly, and Cody and I talked about this, that because there's kind of a team within a team, even though it's a film about a footy team, yeah. the film became a team yeah. and then these guys being accepted into it. And bizarrely and beautifully living out what exactly right, and yeah. getting to know their story. Yeah. But, I you know, Kato, this, this Iraqi refugee, told me the story of how why his family left. It's yeah. It's like just
0: heartbreaking, mind-numbing. Yeah.
1: The stuff they lived through.
0: And, and when you – because you originally wrote this – they came to you – a show about um was it, you said racism yeah like there a,
1: was no agenda there was no, no it agenda. has to be about this i just yeah. chose those that subject area yeah
0: and as the movie as you were shooting did uh you add anything in uh after hearing their stories or lines they um, said that you could
1: well all the way along the the movie changed a lot from the live show in that i had to match the right nationalities to yeah. the actors that we got so for instance, in the live show, the main character was an Afghan Hazara. Yeah. And we just couldn't find an Afghan Hazara actor who could, that had right. all the, it was a tough role to fill. Yeah. They had to be funny and good at footy and um, a bit aggressive. Yeah. But charming. The yeah. Whole, we just couldn't get it. Um, mm. So I had to, at the last minute, kind of rewrote it to suit the actor that we found, Faisal Bazi, who's brilliant. And he's half Syrian, half Lebanese. Um. Yeah, so I was incorporating... A lot of it was the original characters were written on reading, so I, I, I read for about three months before I wrote a word at the live show. Yeah. Read Sime Seekers' Diaries and books on Islam and Afghanistan. Okay. Until yeah. the stories I created were based on, in part, on real stories.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah, it's got a, uh, that, that great story to it of people in a, you know, refugees in a small country town. It's When it comes out, it'll kind of be coming out just at the right time. I think like it's really starting to – people are getting settled in regional yeah. places, you know, and it, it, like you hate to say, it, but there's, if there's racism in Australia, it's, you know, country towns are where a lot of it can still sort of be because I, I remember growing up in my yeah. hometown I, – I don't remember anyone of other nationalities living yeah. – I think we had like a Chinese family that ran the local restaurant and that was all we ever came across. So, when I moved to bigger places and cities and things, yeah. I, I sort of see um, how it can still be like oh, that. Totally, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah,
1: And that's um, how we've tried to create the film too, that the, the, the people who are racist, we don't demonise so much in the show. Mm. Even the main – the main, there's one guy who, does, who kind of doesn't really come across – he doesn't change that yeah. much. But everyone else, you kind of go, I get it. I get why they – yeah, because you ha- they haven't had experience with yeah, people. It, They're going through their own – yeah. Issues like one of the one of them is like protesting. He's going, look, the mill's closed. There's no jobs here, and you're trying to get jobs to these people. Have been here for two minutes. Yeah. So rather than amp up and demonise those people, we try to make them as real as possible.
0: Mm. And it's not like uh it's not. uh I don't think there some are racism for the the purpose of being racist, but some are just oblivious to how yeah. that affects other people. Like yeah, But when they point. when they find out that it does, they go, oh shit, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll change. What I say, I'll watch my mouth and things yeah. like that. Um, I know my pop, for example, he's like so – he's in his 80s. yeah, Old school, he's a great man, but he still has that, you know – few things th- Yeah, he says a few things every now and again. You're like, cheese mate, like yeah, yeah. I'm not just taking casually throw it away. Yeah. yeah. There's
1: a character in the film like that who's just mm. – he'll still go, where are you going? You on a wog dancing. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. just It's just reflexive and then so yeah. his grandson says stuff like that too because he hears it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, so mum's having to correct him, and yeah, there's a lot of humour to be mined in it. But um, yeah. yeah, look the main the main point of the show is empathy. You know, yeah, yeah. As I was saying, the refugees that we've got to know from the film and hearing their story. The more you, the more time you spend with them, the more you get an understanding of. You know, it's not as easy to say, oh, you know, just you got to follow the system and apply." You, you tell that to someone who's you know hiding in the mountains from the Taliban. Yeah. You know, to line yeah. up outside a consulate that doesn't exist. Mm. So. That's that's where the angle we'll try to come at, that slowly yeah. reveal all the information so that it makes sense and people in town get around them.
0: Yeah. You know. oh, I can't wait to see it. Um, and you have and you've saying you've seen some screen. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's a new edit
1: I've got to watch this afternoon actually yeah. to, before they screen it. So, yeah, it's, yeah, up, it's you, looking really good.
0: That's great. It's so exciting. Uh, and you, you don't have a rough – or you sort of have a rough idea when it might be out? We're hoping June, July. Hit yeah. it out
1: in the middle of the – Footy season before yeah. before the finals. Well, there's, they're looking for a story. Yeah, so that's so not. Yeah, get, forget one of those weeks where there's no uh, no tribunal hearings. <laughs> no, you
0: know. nobody's drunk drive, yeah, driving. No one's trying know. to
1: pitch AFLX. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, no one's pissed on anyone. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it'll be a Collingwood player. Whoever, <laughs> whoever its they'll they'll fuck it up for us. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, yeah. Keep an eye out for that, uh, listeners. Uh, later in the episode. Yeah, there's June a Facebook July.
1: page we can follow updates. Yeah, on Facebook. It's just called just the, the merger.
0: The merger. Get around that. So the merger when it comes out, go and watch it wherever you can with ten friends. Um, have you got? And what else have you got coming out? You got uh, Swingman. You're touring that yeah, as well. Yeah,
1: Swingman. Then a bit more of touring on my show, The Wine Blast with Paul. Collegian. With Paul, yeah, who you mentioned so earlier. Yeah.
0: great. That's been going gangbusters. Hasn't
1: yeah, it? yeah, it's uh, it's the show that keeps. It's like you leave the engine (laughs) running and go and do other shows, and it's just getting the car, and it's (laughs) someone's filled up with petrol, and we go to the next gig. Yeah, like a nice
0: bottle of wine. It is. Yes, it's it's constantly
1: breathing. (laughs) So we've got a heap of well on and off stuff with that, and then we're doing a national tour in next year with it. Oh, great! And writing a, we'll write a sequel later in the year. Yeah, there's been a bit of interest to take it over to London, Edinburgh. Oh, fantastic! We're gonna write a. Slightly more international version. Yeah, At the moment, it's just full of local jokes.
0: <laughs> Excellent. And people can find you on, on social media? You, you can.
1: On? I'm uh, more prolific on Facebook. Yeah. As, as is want for my generation. <laughs> uh, Damien Callan, comedian. I'm also yeah. on Twitter at, at Damien Callan.
0: Yeah, no worries. All right, get around him, folks. Uh, and remember to see the merger later this year. Damien Callan, thanks very much for taking it easy with me. Bloody good time. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Hey, thanks for listening. Make sure you follow Damien on social media. That's uh, at Damien Callinan on Twitter. Uh, Facebook is Damien Callinan Comedian. And make sure you check out his film, The Merger, when it comes out later this year. It's going to be great. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, leave a comment on iTunes. Uh, Also tell a friend, word of mouth is golden. If you don't have iTunes and you've listened to this on my website, steer people towards that. Uh, The podcast section, which is danielconnell.com.au, and then look up podcast. While you're there, you can check check out my gigs page. I've got a few shows coming up with different festivals. Um, My new show, Bit of Shush, is on sale. Could be coming to a town near you. And lastly, follow my Facebook page, Daniel Connell Comedy, uh, Twitter at Daniel Connell 3, and Instagram, Daniel Connell Comedy. That's it. Cheers. Take it easy.